Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. <laughs> so I wanted to rework my past, my just past uh, podcast that I put out. And then I'd actually created another one, but I didn't upload it. I decided not to upload it. So I want to talk about about my parents' home as a time capsule. My mom passed away and we are, and everything is done now as far as my mom's funeral. Um, My mom's funeral mass was so beautiful. I just, it could not have gone over better. Um, Even the music, I mean, it, it was just the um, the uh, pianist and a vocalist. And I, I don't know, I thought it was just very simple and beautiful. And it wasn't excessively long, at least in my opinion. And, um, and then we, it, we went to um, my sister's church for a reception because the Catholic church would not let us have one there because of COVID. And so we ended up, um, at this other place, and and there, I I got a um a string trio, a cellist, violinist, and a violist, and the music was amazing. Uh, and then my sis, my sister's daughter, my niece, had sang, and then at the end, my my nephew had sang, you know. And I'm going to share this song because I, this story just really quick because I just. My mom and I were estranged, I mean, really badly estranged for, I don't even know how long. It it was maybe around a year, uh, maybe 18 months. My mom and I did not speak. Uh, we had had a fairly massive breakup, <laughs> which was not like us. Um, my mom... And I sort of depended on each other because we were the only two in the family that shared the same, I mean, truly shared the same belief, uh, beliefs about a lot of things, uh, politics and religion or spirituality. And so, and so... Um, for us to not speak, I mean, this was just not typical, but something had happened and it was, it was, it was not good. And during this time, I had watched this movie, I can only imagine, and this wasn't the type of movie that I know, well, I can't say that, um, but it is a Christian mu- movie. And I found myself crying a lot because I really felt a parallel with that movie to my life. Because basically our breakup, without getting into too much detail, had to do with the fact that my mother was a a massive realist. And I was this pie in the sky. She always called me Alice in Wonderland, and I always took it as a a criticism. I took everything my mom said as a criticism. And she didn't mean a lot of what she said as a criticism. 
She just was trying to protect me uh, in her own way. She, she, you know, so what do you do when you're, you're trying to protect your child who is just, I mean, I just have been this way my whole life where I'm just very much in this, I don't know, just, I always just had this belief, these beliefs, but then I had, you know, the, my mother telling me, Jamie, don't do that. You have to stay in reality. And I didn't live in her reality. And so, and so I was, I had this experience and, 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 and it made whatever I was before like magnified, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like, it just blew up to like three times my size and there was no going back. I could not go back to the former version of me. And so it was very challenging for my mother to even be around me because I was, you know, I I was this version of myself, but she's just going, you know, and, and like, it was sort of like, how do I protect you? And she was just trying to contain me and, and, and some, you know, for me to not get hurt. And, and, um, and then it just, and so when I'm watching the movie, I really identified with this character who was, he was um, a Christian singer and, and he was going to all of these church and doing all these gigs and, and churches and gigs and doing all these um going getting with these record labels and trying to have them come to his concerts and so he was trying to make it in music and so and then there's me who's trying to make it in ideas in 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 these beliefs that i hold um very very closely to myself that I, I believe in these ideas with every, every thing that I am. And so, and so I'm watching this movie and I, I'm just sobbing. I'm just absolutely sobbing. And then this guy writes this hit song. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful song about, um, what it would be like, uh, you know, being on the other side. And, and the song is beautiful in and of itself. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily believe the way that a lot of Christians do that, you know, it's all about the next life and going to heaven. I don't believe that. I mean, I, I believe that the wonderment of everything is here and in there. But but the song itself is absolutely gorgeous. And and then my mom and I did eventually reconcile. Um and I never really spoke that much about the breakup. I mean, my mother at times seemed like she alluded to it, but it's like I I wasn't going to go there. I really wasn't. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going there, mom. I didn't say that 
but so as to hurt her, I mean, I was very careful with my words, but, and we just moved forward as if nothing had happened. <laughs> that's, that's how we handled it. Um, and so, and so, so we, um, uh, and so, um, Oh, my nephew ended up singing that song. That's why I was mentioning it. My nephew sang that song, and, and we all got to speak a little bit, people who wanted to speak, and 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 then. And then yesterday, we buried my mom. We were at the cemetery, and she is now, her body is now with my dad. Um, and so, but we've been cleaning out my mom's house and which has been a massive feat because my mother saves everything everything um some of the stuff i i could not figure out why my mother saved it like my mother saved junk mail like i, I just like i can't figure out like why did she just save junk mail she just saved like like she didn't throw anything away. And, and, but one thing that was interesting was, okay, so my mother had this massive library, which is now going to be sold. These people are coming to pick up my mother's books and they're going to be sold at this great big um, sale for money for foster care children, supposedly. We'll see. Anyway, um, it's not really what I wanted, but it's the way it is. So, um, so, but she, all of her books, she had, she had all this junk mail that she used as like bookmarks. And my mom had like all the significant parts of the book. She put these little bookmarks. So there were bookmarks in all of her books that were these pieces of junk mail. It was just so interesting. My mom, but, um, uh, but so, and, and then all of the notes, like my mother saved all of her letters. So there's this massive amount of letters and, and I've got, I got all these letters from my, to my, and I don't know what to do with them. I mean, I'm just right now, I'm just going to hold on to them. And then an exorbitant amount of pictures from, my mom when she was little, my dad when he was little, my aunts, my uncles. I mean, it's like, you know, it's so bizarre because they're all gone. They're all gone. So um, my mother was one of the remaining um, of this group of people, of my, my, my aunts and my uncles. My mother is the only, there's only one other who ironically I think is my godmother. <laughs> so my godmother is still alive. Um but my godfather passed away. But um anyway, so um so we're cleaning all of this stuff out and I I wanna say like I mean and also her kitchen. Like her kitchen was filled with with stuff like every cabinet and it wasn't a small kitchen and it wasn't a huge kitchen my mom's kitchen was a medium-sized kitchen my kitchen is a pretty small kitchen <laughs> comparatively 
So, so my mother had twice as many cabinets as I have, and her cabinets were packed with stuff, just packed. And I'm trying to figure out where to put all this stuff, but I tried to take as much of my mother's stuff as I humanly could, could. And, you know, I was just imagining her and my dad playing bridge. I mean, they used to play cards with friends. This was something that they did back then where you would, you would invite your friends over like another couple and you would sit around the table, smoke, because there were ample amounts of ashtrays and, you know, and play cards. And, but not only that, you provided food. And so you had to have all of these beautiful, um, things to just, you know, put your food on and like platters and glassware of all these different types. And, and, um, and my mother also accumulated my grandmother and my aunts, all of their stuff. So like, it was like this, um, like massive. And so anyway, so I'm trying to wrap everything up and bring it home, you know, so I'm just having these visions of my parents and it's just been like so incredibly fun. Um, but my, so about, um, it would be in 2011. Okay. So say the Christmas of 2011, my niece, surprised my sister and my mother, my sisters and I and my mother with, she'd had my dad's thesis put into a book form for us. And, and I was just so completely taken back. I I mean, I really was by my niece's act, her doing this for us. And I mean, there was a lot of tears uh, when she did this. I mean, it was like you could not keep like a straight face when you got this thesis. Um, and then my niece passed away. My niece promptly, like almost like actually the August after 2012, August 2012, my, my, my niece died. So weird. And, and now my mother, my mother died on the 25th. My niece died on the 20th passed away. I don't really like the word died, but, um, so they both passed away in August. Okay. So fast forward. And I didn't read it then. I didn't read my dad's thesis. I mean, a lot of my life to, to the events that took place in the summer of 2018 was really just admittedly in survival mode. It was, I mean, from the time I'd been raising children, I'd been a single mother, I'd been trying to form loving relationships with men, I had been, you know, just really focused on the basic needs of myself and my children. Um, and I'm very focused on that and not, I mean, I was still doing my, trying to be the the better version of myself, but like I wasn't as much into my philosophy or theology or the meaning of life type of stuff. I mean, I was, but not as much as when this thing blew up in 2012. 
I mean, in 2018. So for some reason, I'm, and I'm so changed that even going back into the world was very challenging for me. Like even just functioning, functioning at anything was really challenging in this new like paradigm because my brain had changed and my perceptions had changed and my, you know, and so it's really, really weird. And it was like, but my actual life was not like catching up to where like my brain was like off in the future, but there, there was such a gap between my brain off in the future to my actual reality that it was going to take time for my life to actually catch up to, to where I was at in, in my future, which is kind of a weird thing because I, during that time, I'd also learned that there is, time is not what we think of it. I mean, it's really not what we think of it. I mean, our lives are a series of consecutive nows. And so, and so, like, you can see, I don't know, like, this snapshot of me in the future, and then there's this complete, like, gap. So my life had to actually catch up to me. Um and is hopefully catching up to me. Um, but that process was a lot slower and I was just trying to get by and trying to function. And I mean, I was just, um, I can't even describe how weird it was in the beginning because I, 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 I've talked about this, that, that I was living in this, it was as if the dial, it was as if my life was speeding and all of these, these symbols, these symbols like numbers, um, people, events, like um, pictures, like symbols of things. And they were all coming and they had meaning and I could tell they had meaning, but I didn't know what to make of it. Um like yesterday I had this thing happen where I thought of a person. I was thinking about a person. I look over and on a license plate is their name. I'm thinking about them and their name, like bam. So, and like sometimes I'll be, I'll be thinking about a word and that word will be in the music. I mean, it's bizarre. I'm just telling you. And it, it may happen with the same frequency, but see, I'm not as, I'm not as upset by it or as dis, discerning about it because I am used to it. I'm used to it. And so, so now I'm, I'm in the place where I'm more disappointed that I ever doubt things. It's like, I feel like I'm, I'm so much more responsible to trust than other people because I have been given mounds of evidence of these things that I, that I refer to. And so, 
And so, so back to my niece and my dad's thesis. So over the summer of 2018, I pull out my dad, my, 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 this book that my niece had made for me and I open it up and it is so weird. Like in the copyright, my niece put that my dad and she have the copyright to this book. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why would she put my dad? My dad has been gone since 1989. I still don't know why she did that, except that I think that that maybe that's what you do when you retroactively put a a copyright on something when somebody has passed. It still belongs, this, this information still belongs to my dad, but why does she not put it also with my mother? It's really bizarre. I'm just telling you, it is so bizarre. But anyway, so I went to read it and I actually have not read it in its entirety. But when I started to read it this time, I understood it. And I didn't even try to read it in 2012 because I didn't think I would understand it. And I'm not sure if I would have understood it or not. But now I read it and I understand it. Okay. So, and, and I'm, and I'm, people who actually know me know that I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with space. I'm just, I just love it. I love everything that has to do with it. I love looking at the moon and I love, um, I just, it just seems to be where my head is. And like, I do the, in my meditations, a lot of my meditations, when I, when I, and I leave my body and I, and I am in space and I, I'm looking down on the earth and I can see the moon and, um, and so space is like incredibly important to me. And then this understanding of time not being as it is, well, when I was at, my mother's time capsule home. Um, my sister is handing me these things and they had put aside my dad's original thesis. Okay. So my dad's thesis that he did, my dad has a master's degree in philosophy and he did his thesis on time and space. As I had told you a minute ago. Well, anyway, I have they gave my sister set aside his thesis for me. I mean, imagine the original. I have the original in my hot little hands. Okay, so then she starts. Then then we start finding these notes, and we we start getting more and more of this information about this thesis, and so I I and I go looking through these notes and. And his original, like, I guess it seems like when he put in his thesis topic to his mentors or whatever they did back then, he was going to do it on time, space, and matter. But my dad left out matter. And I, 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 I need to go through all these notes and I haven't had a chance yet, but I think he left out matter for a reason. Um, well, of course he did, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing part of it was that he couldn't fit it because he, and he did, he was on a time constraint 
And so in order to get this done in a proper time constraint, he left out matter. But for me, and I want to read his notes about matter. So basically, my dad's thesis is is topics of time, space, and I'm just going to say matter from the perspective of like seven different philosophers and what they what they wrote about time, space, and matter. And we're talking about, um, like, I don't know how to say his name, um, Kant, um, Descartes, Plato, um, I don't know, I can't, I couldn't tell you all of them, but seven different philosophers. So he, so he goes from one philosopher to the next, and they're arguing against each other. There's like a narrator, and, and they're, they're, they're like these arguments from these different philosophers, and it's just fascinating. I mean, fascinating. Um, and I'm dying to hear the one on matter, because I, matter has been incredibly perplexing to me. I, I, I just can't figure it out. I, I, I understand, you know, in, in theory that things are a vibration. They're like an idea. They're in this field of ideas and then they, they come into physicality. So it's an esoteric idea before it becomes an actuality. But and and so and so and getting a little bit further on this our attention to it the observer it needs an observer in order for it to not they use the word theorist use the word physicist use the word decay so somehow they have isolated these things and found these things in a lab these very very smart people are studying matter and how things come into existence and so they're studying they're studying this and then they're seeing that it has to have an observer or else it decays it goes away and so but <laughs> and I'm having this thought again I thought I just have to share I'm having this thought again I and I can't make heads or tails of it so you all are just sort of hearing this this like me just toying with these ideas in real time that the that the observer can be whatever it is that wants to exist so i think of the apple tree existing just for the fact of existence and so that that it it becomes its own observer because it wants to come into physicality and so Everything, in essence, could conceivably be existing of its own desire to exist. And, and that's the observer. Because I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, so there's an apple tree in the middle of nowhere. Which seems unlikely. But anyway, there's an apple tree. And how does that apple tree come into existence if who's observing it and and that it observing itself somehow it acts as the observer of its own existence <laughs> i don't know if that's true 
I, I really don't know if that's true, but that's just something that keeps coming to my mind every time I say that that without an observer, it would decay. And so, oh my goodness. So, <laughs> because I, I, you know, I, I think about these things, it's just bizarre, like, right? It's so bizarre. Like, okay, so I, I walk on this golf course because there's a path on the golf course. So what happens when I nobody is observing that golf course because there's a lot of time where nobody's observing it does it just go away you know and I feel like I would hear Abraham Hicks I'm sorry it just keeps coming to my mind saying that oh no it doesn't disappear because there is a a we agreed upon it is agreed upon that that so there are many observers of that we have observed that into existence And so, and so, and then like what happens when, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at a dresser. Okay. What happens when there's nobody to look at this dresser anymore? Does it at some point just dissipate? Because there's no one to be the observer of this dresser. which I can't even conceive of because it's just a fabulous dresser. So I, I anticipate that somebody will want that dresser someday. So it will just go on just forever. <laughs> but like when you think about it, things do just kind of disintegrate. They disintegrate, even in the observance of it through age. Anyway, I'm getting way off. So I wanted to get back to to more of my dad's notes. So my sister is finding more and more and more and more stuff. And then she finds this more notes. And it is on the importance of the theory of relativity, which the theory of relativity is from Einstein. And... (laughs) I haven't had a chance to read this yet. I don't even know what the theory of relativity is, if you want to know the truth. I've I've seen some ideas about it, but I don't know what it is. I have to um I have to read about it to like really learn it and I'm going to be reading about it and learning about it from my dad's thesis. So you know, and then as the week went yesterday, I guess, or the day before, the evening before, we found, we had just been finding more and more stuff. And there was this, my, my dad's, dad's box or whatever. And so we pulled it out. And in that box, we found his, a little box of my dad's writing utensils. And I asked my sister if I could have it. It is filled with pencils. Not pencils like we have pencils. Like these beautiful metal pencils um, that I'm going to have to find lead for. Um, they're, they're just so sweet. <laughs> And then we also found my dad's glasses. And my dad was, um, 
my dad didn't complain excessively, but there were a few things about life that just kind of made him a little nuts. And one of them was he he wore bifocal trifocals. He he says he was he would complain about his trifocal. So yesterday. <laughs> I pull out his glasses because I wear trifocals now. I didn't when I was young. I didn't wear glasses until, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how many years ago. Um, It wasn't even that long ago. I think it might have been four years ago where, I mean, I had readers before that, but I started to get very worried about driving at night. I couldn't see very well. And so I go to the ophthalmologist and he tells me, um, you, he says, you would not have passed a driver's test with how bad your vision was. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, um, so, um, Yesterday, and, and, and I thought the other thing that I thought was absolutely hilarious was my dad has a very, very impressive, impressive amount of goo on his glass. <laughs> It'll take me a while to wash all of this, this basically crap off my dad's glasses, but I put them on to see if I could see, and indeed I could see. So it makes me laugh that I think I have my dad's vision. I have my dad's blood. I don't have my mom's blood type, which I think is very interesting that I have my dad's blood type. But um, yeah, it's been a very incredibly interesting week that I'm it could not have gone over better. And my mother would have been in, incredibly happy with I mean the church was actually filled like not not the extended like the two two rows on the either either side of the main aisle were filled with people I mean there were a lot of people um and then there were at least 60 between 60 to 70 people at the reception um which I mean I was just so taken back by all the people there and um and so to honor my mother she was really beloved by people you know that were around her whether however they knew her um and my parents are very you know it turns out that they're you know I'm not going to even share some of the stuff that came you know, that I learned in, in, over the last two days. Um, but my parents were very complex people. Um, they were intellectuals um, and pretty complex. Like, they were not simple by any means, and they they really grappled with ideas like I had shared in something recently my mother loved books my mother loved stories my mother loved fiction but my dad loved ideas 
my dad was a lover of ideas and my mother was a lover of stories and like books and um and so and so it moves on and now i'm 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 just not you know i i'd shared something that i think is incredibly significant that i've learned about myself in the fact that i i see a dysfunction i guess i could i could say i could call it a, a dysfunction like i don't think i think it's something that i would like to change about myself and that is that i that i seem to at times feel uncomfortable with something in it like something has come up and I feel really uncomfortable and I feel this need to not feel that feeling of uncomfortability and and I look to opportunity to soothe myself so so I I will like go to you know I'll want to move Okay, so I look to like opportunities, a different job, a different state, a different, I just want to not be where I'm at. I want to be somewhere else. And, and I'm seeing this, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at it and I am attempting to change this pattern in myself. And, and I I don't think I'm going to make any decisions, big decisions about my life for a while. I'm just going to be more present in the moment and and just settle down. <laughs> just settle for a while. This was a huge loss for me. Not that I want to sit here and wallow in grief because I don't think it would be what my mom wanted. And my belief system is that my mother is is right here. She's here. She's with me. I can sense her. I can sense her and I can't hear her verbatim. I feel very certain she is probably talking to me. But I get the impression, the impressions I'm getting from my mother right now are um, that she is really happy. Not that she wasn't happy in her life because she was, but you know, my mother made an effort and, and my mother really always made an effort. And we, we spent a lot of time together over the years. And so, and so it's not like any of us have any regret. We just don't have regret. And so, because we did the things that we wanted to do, there's nothing else that would have made my mother more, my mother's life more complete. I can just say that with absolute assurity. So, but she is very happy where she is. And she's telling me not to worry about anything ever. That those are the two things that she is, um, is telling me right at the moment. And I'm on to my next steps. I'm like, and, and I'm not going to really concern myself with it because I believe my next steps will be coming to me.
So I'm just, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Um, and keep my doing my podcast, keep writing, keep doing my YouTubes to a degree, and I'm just gonna keep at it. Um, and enjoying and trying my best to really learn how to not worry. So, I want to end this podcast with a story that I just think is, I'm gonna try to keep it brief. So, I I I I had done this entire podcast about the long way home where I had taken my mother to see this priest who was having a like 50 year anniversary of his ordination. So, and it was it was really quite a journey because I had to go 100 miles to pick up my mother to go you know 150 miles to go another 150 miles to drop my mother off and then but Anyway, so during the event, the the mass, afterward they had this bank, like a banquet, and there were flowers on every table. And I had just learned about, actually kind of from my daughter, but I had just seen this on how to press flowers. So I said, you know, okay, mom, and I had taken these, these daisies that were apparently... Um, filled with food dye because <laughs> they were like this really funky color of green but they just happened to be the ones that were on our table so I wasn't entirely sure exactly what I was going to do with it but I well actually I did I knew exactly what I was going to do with it because I was going to press these flowers and put them in a frame I had immediately taken a picture of my mom and the priest to a Walgreens and had it printed up for her so that before I left her the next day to, to go to a training, I, she would have that picture of she and the priest. And then in the interim, she had made me come back for these flowers (laughs) and I didn't really want to come back for the flowers because I was, I was really tired after the training was over, but she makes me like stop off to pick up these flowers. So I stop off to pick up the flowers and I, and I, um, I do press them. So I end up putting them between two pieces of wax paper and I press them. I pound them with a hammer. Which sounds really dreadful, doesn't it? To pound a flower with a hammer. <laughs> but anyway, it's what I did. And so the Sunday before my mother passed away, I had taken her... And I was making jokes with my sister because I took my sisters because I took out a picture that I really liked in there of myself and my family to give my mother this frame uh, because I figured I could get another frame. And so I and I didn't have time to get the other frame. So I just took this frame and I put my mother's picture of the priest with the flowers. And I had actually like took a picture of this and I posted it on Facebook. So I I handed this to my mother and she was very, very pleased as you can, you know, imagine her beloved flowers and her beloved priest and her beloved picture, you know, so, (laughs) um, and so, so my mother, so fast forward like two days, (laughs) three days, four days, 
my mother has passed away. And I'm looking through my favorite brand. My favorite brand. And like I have my just my brands that I really like. And sometimes I I just do this window shopping and I just go through their website and it's Urban Outfitters. So I'm on Urban Outfitters and they have all kinds of stuff. I mean, they have clothes, um, and furniture, lighting. I mean, a whole array of, of things. And I love to look at their bedding because I have, I love their bedding. I have a, t- a number of their, of their quilts I have a number of their duvet covers. I mean, I absolutely just love the designs on on their goods or whatever, their tapestries. And and so I um I go on to the to the website and I find these sheets. I find these sheets that have I, I just I, I honestly I can't even believe this. These sheets have the exact pattern of these pounded flowers. And in fact, these sheets were made with like flowers, actually dyed with these flowers onto the sheets. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's like flower and like pounded um, and so this, there's this pattern that is exactly, exactly the same as the the flowers in this picture frame. Exactly the same on these sheets. Like it's scattered all the way through like the flat, all, you know, the pillowcases, everything. Is this, is this, this, these flowers? And I mean, I can't even come up with this. And so while I was at my mother's house after the funeral, I had, I had, I'd like, do I buy these? Cause they were pricey and I don't spend that much on sheets ever. I mean, ever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had to have them. And so I came home and they were, they were here yesterday. I have not yet put them on my bed. I, I think I'm going to wait because I also bought a new duvet cover for my bed um, for this year, for just for fun. I'm, I'm trying to make space in my life for the things that I have asked for. And so I'm, I'm attempting to make a space that would be very, very inviting. (laughs) And that was part of it, me looking at, um, and so I leave you with that the synchronicity of the flowers having to do with my mother. I don't know how she orchestrated that in warp speed, but on the other side, there is no time, right? There's no time here and there's no time there. It's like time is not what we think of it. And so I appreciate you all listening and I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.